brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Good morning. Welcome to On The Pace. Michael Guerin joining you on this Monday morning. Trust your weekend was super. Hopefully, you backed a winner where we had some very cool harness racing out of not only Menangle, but out of Albion Park in Brisbane, the Inter-Dominion champion leap to fame was back. And at Ballarat, the other Inter-Dominion champion uh, was back too, the trotting champion. So we're looking forward to talking to the trainers of both. And also, a great story brewing in harness racing, Chris Alford, who is already the most successful reins person of any code in Australasia, now chasing down 8,000 career wins, 8,000. He's got eight to go. We'll talk to him this morning as well, as along with Greg Sugars with Just Believe, that Inter-Dominion trotting champion times two, but the pacing champion and the glamour horse of the industry is Leap to Fame. Grant Dixon is his trainer driver. He's on the line. Good morning to you, Grant. Thank you for joining us. No worries, mate. Mate, you were back at Albion Park with uh, your great horse, on Saturday night. I thought it was about as good as you could have hoped for. You got the lead. You didn't need to extend him. And Grant, the way he cruised over the last 200 metres, not only did he have them covered, but I thought he looked like there was another turn in him to improve him for the Hunter Cup in two weeks. Yeah, well, I think um, that was a good starting point for him. Uh, wasn't um, his, his heart rate when he came in was was lower than normal, normal when he first races, so that was sort of good. Um, but that was probably due to the fact of you know being able to get that easy second quarter. And uh, yeah, I, I think you know it'd be nice if I can just get a run into him this week, just uh, uh, finishing right off, so that we can you know he's got to go 2800. It's going to be the first time he's got to go over it. So you know I don't think he definitely can't go into it underdone. Okay, you're talking about the Hunter Cup, which is February the 3rd out of Melton, uh, 2760 metres plus the score up. So it's more or less 3,000 metres. Is that why you're giving him the run this Saturday, just just to keep him really honed fit for that race? Yeah, I, I, we're just sort of interested in this sport. Yeah, you just need stuff. You know, you've got to be probably over ready to go into it, not, you know, not under, you know, thinking you needed another run. So. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure the race will go on Saturday night, but I'm uh, hoping it will. What happens if it doesn't? Do you take them there and work them between races, or do you work them at home? Oh, look, they, they don't. Oh, look, you could probably ask, but, but I think, um, yeah, as long as the weather was, was kind enough at home with the track, I'd, I'd pro- we'd probably just train at home with the GP and that. Uh, just get him, keep, get him up a bit harder that way. I know he only had, well, it can't have been more than a couple of weeks off, maybe even only 10 days after the Inter-Dominion. Is he getting any bigger or any stronger? Because he's a horse who I think, Grant, looks awesome at full flight. But I thought there might still be 10 kilos to come. Uh, look, we've been happier with his weight um, as he comes in. And out of, like, you know, a little rest all the time. He's getting to the point where he... He's holding his weight better for us um, come race days. So, yeah, like you say, probably, you know, by the time he's probably, you know, five and a half, he'll probably, you know, have it probably come in at 480 probably. At the moment, he gets around 470. Yeah. All right, let's, yeah. let's, talk, let's talk about how he's handling it all. He just seems to turn up to the races, race, repeat, and 
there never seems to be touch wood, any soreness issues. He very, really seems to get sick. Is it quite as easy as it is? Um, oh, look, you know, most of the time he, he seems to keep himself in good fiddle. Um, but obviously, time goes on, you know, at some point you're going to have a have some sort of hiccup. But, you know, Touchwood so far, he's been, he's managed to stay good and healthy for us. And, yeah, just hope that continues. We can hear one of your team having a squeal in the background. Um, he is a cult. Does does he get a bit culty? Has he developed much interest in the girls? Oh, yeah, he's, we, we know that, you know, he knows that he's around and he's, he's in charge and he's here. Um, but, but he's not, um, he's not horrendous to handle. Like, um, Chris does most of the things with him, so, you know, she keeps him under, keeps him under wraps a bit and he behaves well. So, yeah, no, he's been, um, that probably gets away with too much really considering, but I suppose he's allowed to. Okay, how does the next two weeks shape out? So you may or may not race this Saturday. Does he fly to Melbourne? And then once he gets to Melbourne for the Hunter Cup, does he stay there, I presume, and truck north again to Sydney? Or does he go back to Brisbane and you prepare him for the Miracle Mile from there? Uh, look, we're, we're sort of... Um, we, we, we obviously plan to fly to, uh, to Melbourne. That's the... That's plan A, and probably don't. You know, we probably uh, would have had to be going this week if we weren't. And then, uh, yeah, we still just still haven't quite worked out whether we're going to uh, stay in Melbourne and then, you know, move up to Sydney or for actually flying home. Yeah, we just yeah we just haven't um, yeah quite sort of finished the last part of the plan. What we're going to do? So we we plan to go to the Newcastle Mile and just to do it that way. Uh, pretty exciting for Newcastle, Grant, to get a horse like Leap to Fame coming there. Obviously, some great horses have gone to the, the Newcastle Mile, but not many reigning Inter-Dominion champions. What, what was the thought process around taking them to Newcastle rather than the qualifiers a week out from the Miracle Mile? Uh, just to give him that extra bit of, bit of time up his sleeve to recover after um, yeah, the Newcastle Mile, just to give him a pinch more time up his sleeve. Um, yeah, just you know, we know he goes well at Menangle. We know, you know, he's definitely really good on a thousand meter track. So yeah, we just thought it'd be just as good, just uh, you know, giving that little bit extra time just to space out his his runs a little bit for him. Yeah, just to try and um, yeah, just to try and make his run into the Miracle Mile as easy as he can. Raises another question: If he happens to win the Newcastle Mile, then he is in the Miracle Mile. Do you stay in New South Wales, or do you, because you're closer to home, go back home again? Uh, yeah, well, we're, we're, we're probably thinking we have to head down to Robbie Morris's after that. Um, but we'll probably just, yeah, just see how he is in himself and and, and probably nearly run a little bit with the weather too. If the time probably go to whatever place the, the weather's going to be kindest for us, you know? Mate, I was, um, I was in Queensland last week and uh, in between rain showers, it was hell hot. It was proper hot. How does it affect your horses this time of year? Do, do most of them get used to it because they've been based in Queensland most of their lives or does it change the way you train them, recover them and rehydrate them? Um, look, you, you probably do change your training a, a bit to give it a bit easier to them. Obviously try and work them a bit earlier so get them in out of the heat. 
Uh, you might leave them out of the paddock. She's long through the middle of the day. Yeah, just a few things. A lot of them have been here a while. They, they handle it OK. What about the rest of the New South Wales carnival, which for you starts Newcastle Mile Night? Do you have anything else you want to be bringing south? Uh, look, we'd, we'd probably take Tim to Trooper for a ride. Things have sort of got back to pretty good form again now, so hopefully we can take him. And probably going to take Iron Clatter because he's playing along good for the New South Wales derby. What about over the next yeah, week? Can you uh, can you see a winner? Are you heading to Redcliffe or Albion Park or any, anywhere? Because, Grant, our listeners will take whatever you've got. If you've got a winner for us, we don't care where it is. Uh, probably me Wednesday night. They'd have to wait for me the last. I thought night Jujon's ready to win. Been a bit of a trouble from Seoul, but hopefully, um, yeah, he's ready to put his best foot forward. Um, after we've spoken to you, Grant, we're going to have Chris Alford on the show now. To get this right, I think you're... Are you at 5,000 career driving wins? Is that right? Yeah, mate, yeah. OK, Puppet's coming up to eight. Um, you must have been around Puppet a lot in your life. He's he's a pretty unique character. It's a, it's a, it's a daunting number when you think how hard you've worked to get to five that he's got to eight. Admittedly, he might have a couple of years on you. Oh, I, I was lucky enough to meet... Uh, Chris, when I was probably about oh, 16 or 17, and I was, oh, followed his career the whole sort of the whole way, and yeah, just been amazing. What he's amazing to have been able to achieve to probably remain, remain so competitive, um, and, and and he's someone that can go doesn't matter where he goes, uh, what state, um, change country. His competitiveness, and he and he always gets a result. Like he, he always drives a winner, no matter where he goes. He he, he managed to get a winner, and um, yeah, he's just an amazing driver, and you know he's all time great, no doubt. Mate, we're about to talk to him. Mate, thanks for taking the time to update us on the champ leap to fame, Lowry, who is heading to. Possibly Albion Park, then Melton, then Newcastle, then Menangle. Grant, we always appreciate your time, mate. I'm looking forward to night Jujon on Wednesday night. No worries, mate. Cheers. That's Grant Dixon. Um, Mr. 5,000, he's had over 5,000 career driving successes, which is an enormous number. Uh, well, I would suggest that Chris Alford drives and has driven in a slightly more competitive scene coming out of Victoria. They also have more race days, of course, but... Uh, everybody knows him as the puppet. He has eight wins, I believe, unless he drove home this morning, because that wouldn't surprise me, that he's eight wins off 8,000. Good morning to you, puppet. Um, how does it feel to have a number like that dangled in front of you? Because when you start driving, I suppose you never think you're going to drive 8,000 winners. No, good morning, Mick. Yeah, um, yeah, pretty uh, surreal, really. Um, you know, just go out there and... As you said, when you start, you just want to get a winner. And, um, yeah, luckily enough, I've uh, nearly got to 8,000, which is great. I know you're a very modest guy, but it must be slightly embarrassing when you hear guys like Grant Dixon call you a legend and, and even guys you drive against. Now, Greg Sugars is coming on the show after you. So many people in the industry, those people who other people look up to as drivers, talking about you in those ways, it, I'm sure it makes you feel proud, but also a little bit uncomfortable because I know you're not that sort of guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's 
yeah, it's good to be acknowledged by, you know, guys you think are great and um, that you get to race against all the time. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's a little bit embarrassing, really, I think. Um, you know, I think I just go out and do my job as well as I can and I've been lucky enough to get the rewards. Okay, where are you doing your job this week? Because I think, the best I can keep up, 7,992 wins. So where do the next eight come from? Um, yeah, it might be just a bit of a, a chip away till we get there, but uh, I've got four drives today at Maribara. I think I have um, three tomorrow at Melton. Um, no races Wednesday or Thursday. And then... Um, Probably Cranbourne and Melton, and then Maribara Sunday. So, got a fair few meetings. So, hopefully, I can get it done quicker, quickly enough. You mentioned an interesting statistic there. You've only got four drives today and three tomorrow. If you were the leading jockey in Victoria, I'm sure you would have a lot more rides. Is it a case that? With stables being so driver dependent now, and the, the most stables stick with the same drivers, and obviously there's also a lot of trainer drivers around. Is it a case that you don't get as many drives as you used to? Um, yeah, that, that's for sure. But if, if I, I was talking to someone about it the other day, and um, <clears throat> right from the start, you know, it's, as you said, stables have their drivers and whatever, and I'm getting into that. I guess the age bracket now where you go back and look at all the trainers that I've driven for in the past that, that I used to get 50 to 100 winners a year for either no longer train or barely have a horse so like Noel Alexander and Jane Davies um, used to drive you know, 100 winners a year nearly for Dean Braun, Larry Eastman, Quinlan's only trained two or three now I used to get 50 winners a year off them so a lot of the trainers now people I haven't really had much to do with. I have most the loyal ones like Brent Lilly, biggest stable I drive for now and, and Aiki and guys like that. But um, a lot of them are just, you know, one or two um, horse trainers. How has driving changed in the last, let's use, 30 years? And how have you changed as a driver in the last 30 years? Uh, I think racing has become a lot more competitive um, in in the horse sense, um, whereas years ago you, you could probably go into a race and there'd be two chances where now it could be anywhere up to six or eight chances because the horses are all so even and the way they're graded now. Um, racing seems to be a lot uh, more high speed now than up and walk and dash home like we used to back in the old days and um, I think the carts and the, a lot of the junior drivers now just go out and throw caution to the wind and want to see as, how quick they can get to the line which opens up a lot of races. What about the whip? Um, you used to be known for carrying a big white whip which, which <laughs> clearly show, yeah. it showed up quite a few times. What, yep. The changes to the whip rules... Obviously, they're needed, and I think they're important for the industry's view in general society. Do you sometimes drive horses now who, because they can't be driven out with the whip, don't try? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I think, um, you know, they, the horses are um, 
so much different now to what they used to be. They used to be um, a lot harder and tougher and, and could take it if you had to give them a, a good rouse up. Um, sometimes cringe when you watch some of the old videos of how hard we did used to hit them. Um, but I, I don't think the horses nowadays would be able to cop that. And um, If you heard them now, they, I think they even go slower. So I uh, don't think there's any that really need to be you know, absolutely belted to get them to the line. Over all those years and all those wins, I'll give you three. Since you're the puppet, I was going to ask for one, but I'll give you three. <laughs> Who are your three favourite horses? Not wins, and they don't have to be the best horses. Who are the three you love the most? Um, three. Oh, oh, it's so hard because there's been so many good ones, but best ones, I think... It probably comes down to like home horses because you have so much to do with them. You just don't turn up at the races and drive them. So I have to say, Mont Denver Gold, um, wobbly because he was such a hard horse to deal with and did such a great job. And then, um, yeah, probably Lenny the Shark because he was just fun to drive. Okay, who's the best? horse you've sat behind yeah I know that they're from different eras but I, I can't really split Golden Rain and Lenny the Shark they just had that amazing will to win and it took me you know right to the top not an easy thing to do driving 8,000 winners Who, who's helped who's been there along the way um oh well it all started off with my, my dad he um <coughs> was a good trainer driver um, and I learned everything off him um, right from the start you know from how to get times right to how to keep horses travelling and feeling better like he always used to get me in trouble when I was track working and didn't get the times right or um, you know had a horse off the bit when it should have been up and travelling so uh, he was probably the main one and then you know it's just been so many you know, great drivers to look up to, like Brian Gas, Gavin Lang, and uh, Andrew Peace when he was in it at the top of his game. All right, what about the future? Um, we know it holds 8,000 wins. How old are you, Puppet? Oh, I think you're about my age, but how old are you, and how much longer do you want to keep doing this? Um, yeah, I'm 55, so um, in August this year, I would have been racing for 40 years, so seems like a, a long, long time ago, but I still can remember my first, you know, drive and first winner, so um, it all sticks in your head pretty well. Um, oh, I'm just happy to keep poking along while I can do it well, and I just don't want to get to the day where someone says to me, stop getting in the way, old man, you're just wrecking all these races, so while I'm doing it, you know, good in my head, um, and think I can compete at the best level, I'll keep going. Good news for us punters who love a horse. Um, as much as this is about showing you the respect, Puppet, and finding out some of your great thoughts on the game, uh, we're also punters. We need a winner. <laughs> so what's your <laughs> best chance of driving one of the eight in the next three or four days? Because our listeners here at Sky Sport Radio, we, we don't mind a bit, most of us. Uh, yeah, I think probably... Best chance today would be, um, I think it's 
here comes Kai Valley in, in the Trotters race about race six. Uh, he just seems to be coming back into form and he ran a good second to um, one of the stable mates that come out and won again. So I think he's my best, best hope today. Well, mate, uh, looking forward to seeing how he goes. Mate, thanks for a wonderful array of work. I won't say memories because they're still going on. Thanks for all the chats. Um, good luck today, and we're looking forward to the countdown to 8,000. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us, Chris Alford, on Sky Sport Radio. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Mick. One of the greats, uh, Chris Alford, 7,992 wins. Man, that's a lot. 7,992. Our next guest has a few to go to catch up, but the way he's going, I'm not sure he'll get there because he has to train and drive as well, but he's having a magical period in his career. It's Greg Sugars. Um, good morning to you, Greg. Before we talk about you, it must be weird driving against Puppet every week because when you were a kid growing up, him and Gavin were the legends. Yeah, that's right. Good morning, Mick. Um, no, Puppet, you know, he's obviously just an outstanding competitor and has been at the top of his game, you know, for so many years. It's just uh, incredible to think he's still uh, every bit as competitive now as what he was uh, many years ago. And interestingly, his uh, the year he drove his first winner, that was the year I was born. So that puts things in perspective. OK, so you're coming up to 40. That's good. We can work that out pretty quickly. Um <laughs> Just talking about driving out there, like you're a very mild-mannered guy. I don't think I've ever seen you lose your temper, and I know Puppet hasn't had many. He might have had a blue with Gavin, his old mate Gavin, back in the day. When you're out there, do you ever, if someone pushes you down or pushes you out, and you're, you know, or you want the same thing, you challenge for the lead, do you ever turn to someone, turn to the left, and give them a bit of abuse, or, or is that not so much a part of the harness racing game, particularly as you get older? Oh, look, it, it does happen from time to time. Um, you know, generally speaking, uh, um, most most races are, are pretty pretty subdued as far as that stuff goes. But um, every now and again, there's a, there's an incident that might sort of uh, rub you up the wrong way. And um, you know, we're all out there doing our best and, and you know, competing against uh, each other on so many things. But uh, yeah, every now and again, Osprey uh, Button's going to go against you, and uh, you won't be too happy about it. Have you ever given Puppet a serve, or has he given you one? Uh, yeah, he's certainly given me one, I know that. I don't think <laughs> I've ever given him one. Uh, yeah, no, I think early, early days, I was still a young fellow, uh, learning, learning the caper, he, uh, he taught me a couple of lessons. There you go. Um, well, you learned your lessons. You've won the last three Inter-Dominion trotting finals. Just believe, obviously, you won about a month ago, and he then returned to Ballarat the other night, Greg, and... I know this sounds like a bit of a cliche, but I think he's getting better. It was just effortless the other night, and he's not a very imposing horse, but he's starting to look bigger on the track than he actually is because he's close to unbeatable. Yeah, no, he's in sensational form at the moment, and yeah, I think he, he does seem to be on the improve, uh, which is a strange thing to sort of suggest, uh, given his record over the last months, but... Um, yeah, just just the way he goes about everything he does, even his workload and all that sort of stuff. Now he seems to handle it with such ease that um, yeah, we're, we're hopeful that there is more, plenty more to come. One of the keys to trotters is trotting smoothly, so you don't waste any energy. I watched him the other night up the straight. He seems very smooth at the moment. Is that showing, or is that maturity and 
all the muscles are growing in to learn what they're supposed to do. Yeah, look, uh, there's nothing fancy about the way he shod, so I think it's the um, his physique now. He's um, probably a fully matured horse, fully developed, and um, he's always been pretty well gated at the moment. Um, we had him, but he's he's just extremely fluent and safe in his action nowadays. And I just think it's um, a sign of him being physically um, at his peak. You took him to Sweden last year, you and your wife, Jess. And, and when you go to Sweden, it's like a laboratory for trotting. You learn so much up there. A lot of trainers come back from Sweden and they shoe them a bit lighter because up there... They sometimes go no shoes, but also they go very light in the shoes to, to keep the speed in them. Uh, are you doing anything different with them out of Sweden? Uh, not really, no. We've got everything uh, pretty much the same as what we've always had. He's always in very light shoes um, all round. So uh, we did experiment um, racing in barefoot uh, those couple of runs in, in Sweden, and I think it did make a difference. But... Uh, not something you do every time they go around so we'll probably do that again here at some stage but we'll just pick and choose uh when we want to do that um but no he's um yeah lucky enough like you said he's, he's a very good gated horse um you know pre-sweden trip so um yeah we didn't have to get too too creative as uh, as far as shoeing goes okay he's heading to the great southern star at melton on february the third for those who don't know the great southern star involves two heats two different races early in the night, one race for each horse, and you compete in the heats, then you go to the final. Uh, he won it last year. What's the approach when you're taking a horse to race twice in one night? Because some of our Gallops listeners are thinking, are you for real? You're going to race this horse twice in a night? Do you do anything different in the build-up? Once they have raced, what do you do with them in the next two and a half hours before they race again? Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a little little tricky in a way. Um, between having them, um, you know, feeling too good and uh, not not fit enough going into a race like this, um, our approach last year, which uh, which we're sort of sticking to this year, is you want a horse that's one's got to be very healthy and sound, but very fit going into it because um, you know you don't want that first up run in the first heat um, to be too taxing and, and the horse struggle to recover when they have to back up a couple of hours later. So they have to be very fit going into it, but they also, you don't want them tired. So that's probably the, the only trick that you, you have to have the horse pretty well screwed down and, and um, on top of his game sort of um, early in the week going into it. But um, you might just back off um, the last few days at home and just make sure they are uh, feeling uh, feeling as, as well as you can get them, get them to be... Um, you know, going in, into the first first heat, and obviously once you're there and you're through that, um, it's all about um, cooling the horse down, recovery, um, getting him nice and settled. Um, but you don't want him to cool down a hundred percent. You still want him uh, keep him moving and keep him uh, warm, so their uh, their muscles don't cramp up or anything like that. And uh, and then you're you're right to go for your for your second heat, hopefully. So you pre-race warm this horse for those who don't see that. It means that. A race before Just Believe will race. He'll go out and he'll do a couple of laps and keep his body warmed up. It happens a lot more with the trotters and the paces. I, I take it you don't do that on this occasion. So you, he races. You've got two and a half hours. Do you give him much water to drink or do you make sure he doesn't have too much water? And do you keep him walking to keep those muscles ticking over and to make sure the lactic acid doesn't congeal? Or do you actually take him back out there in between these two races and do a lap? 
Um, yeah, that's... Uh, so we didn't pre-race form him up uh, last year. We, we will pre-race form up before the heat. Um, and then if we make it through to the final, um, most likely we'll, we'll call him down, you know, as, as quick as we can, um, get him hydrated best we can um, straight after the race. But then, yeah, it'll be a matter of just... Um, monitoring the horse and then we'll take him for a, for a walk or two just to, like you say, keep those muscles ticking along and keep him nice and warm and, um, yeah, get him in the best shape we can. You have two options heading into the autumn. You have three. You can stay home, but you're not going to do that. Uh, you can go back to Sweden or you can go to New Zealand where there is a new $575,000 trot slot race and a couple of the graces after that. Uh, I'm not going to ask you what you're going to do because I know you haven't decided yet, but when will you announce, roughly, when do you think you'll announce what you're going to do? Because your favourite for the trot slot race uh, and a lot of people on both sides of the Tasman would love to see you go. Yeah, we'll probably wait um, until we get through the Great Southern Star, I'd I'd suggest, um, before we sort of lock in any firm plans. Um, You know, there has been, obviously, interest shown in him from uh, connections in New Zealand and um, uh, you know, pre-Saturday night, um, we sort of hadn't heard anything uh, official from uh, from Sweden whether they, they were interested in getting us back. But um, I, I can say that, um, yes, yeah, since, since the race um, Saturday night, he was obviously very impressive and Sweden has reached out and, uh, and uh, showing interest um, in getting us back there. So that's something we'll weigh up over the next uh, next fortnight, basically. And uh, once he gets through the Southern Star, which is, is obviously his immediate target, um, we'll get through that, and then, then everything's um, you know in great order, which we we hope it is with this fella. Um, then we'll lock in a plan as to where we're going. How many winners have you driven? Because it's not often someone as successful as you is the least successful person on a harness racing show. But we had Grant Dixon; he's driven over five thousand, and we've got Mister Eight Thousand in the club. So what are you up to? Uh, I'm I'm approaching four thousand. I'm I'm in the, in the high three thousand at the moment. I'm not exactly sure of the number, but um, yeah, I'm yeah nearly halfway to puppet. Oh well, you're getting there. <laughs> you're the you're the babe on this show. Can you give us a winner? Are you driving one in the next week? We can get a winner from because Grant Dixon's given us one, and so is puppet. So you're up against the big boys here. Uh, yeah, we've got affiliates first up. Um, for us uh, tomorrow at Melton, uh, three-year-old filly by the name of Paradigm. Uh, she's drawn well and she's trialled trialed quite nicely um, a week or so ago. So, yeah, I think she'll be hard to beat tomorrow. Mate, we appreciate your time. I know when you get a good horse, people hassle you. You've got a couple of good horses, so we're going to keep hassling you. And by the way, I believe you're looking for a track work driver. Did you find anybody? Because apparently they're um, they're wearing you out out there down there down there at the stables. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. There's a few too many uh, hobble trips for me to do every day at the moment. So, no, we haven't found anyone uh, um, as of yet. So, um, yeah, anyone out there who's interested, uh, don't be afraid to uh, give us a call. $1,000 a week, I believe, six days work, and you get to buzz around and have fun. Is is that that the score? That's it. That's about right. Celebrate birthdays um, more often than not. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm slightly interested. Can we start at 10.30 in the morning? It's sort of more my time than than that 6 o'clock stuff you boys get up to. Yeah, you can make your own hours, Mick. That'll be fine. Beautiful. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. That's Greg Sugars. Thanks for your time this morning, mate. Good on you, mate. See ya. Greg Sugars, what a star-studded show today. Grant Dixon, 5,000-plus wins. Chris Alford hunting down 8,000. Yeah, for more information on that, harness.org.au. And Greg Sugars, he's had a very unsuccessful career. He's only driven 3,900-odd. <laughs> That's... Uh, 
quick quick math, 17,000 wins on one radio show. Uh, that's been on the pace this morning, thanks to Sky Sport Radio.